Welcome to our podcast today on Small Business Horsepower. The Small Business Horsepower podcast is brought to you by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. You can also find us on our website, smallbusinesshorsepower.com. By the way, we had a fantastic last episode, episode number 15, with Joseph and Jasmine Mims and their Abundant Culture podcast. You can check that out on Apple Podcasts and their website, AbundantCulture.co. What a fantastic group of podcasts they do. But today, I'm so pleased to have on the program Sean Tyler Foley. I don't know where to start with this guy because I went to YouTube and everything and checked out all the things he does. You can find him everywhere. He's just about on every episode in the world, but he's got a lot of fantastic stuff cooking. I'm going to let him tell you a lot about his background. I mean, my head was spinning. I mean, he's a safety consultant. He's an actor. He's a author and motivational speaker, and he does it all. But let me welcome him to the program. Sean, welcome to the program here on smallbusinesshorsepower.com. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Well, we're looking forward to having you. Tell us a little bit more in depth about your background, Sean. Well, so I started very early in life in theater. I, when I was six years old, I, I was the first time I was on stage. And uh, by the time I was in my early teens, I was doing film and television. I went to a fine arts high school and uh, ended up moving out to the West Coast and working in Hollywood North and doing film and TV is basically my only job for uh, up until I was around 25 years old. And then when, when you've been doing anything for 20 years, you do what you naturally do, you retire. And so I got to retire from the business at the ripe age of 25. Go back to school. I got an engineering discipline as far as uh, education goes. I studied geomatics, which is a fancy word for map making and surveying. Started a company. That company unfortunately failed. But when you're in the geomatics industry, your primary client is the government. And the government always wants you to have a safety program in place. So I had to get a whole bunch of safety training. So when my business collapsed, a friend of mine reached out to me and said, listen, I really need a, a good safety officer. I think you would make one. Uh, if, you, if I pay for these extra courses, would you get your designation and come in and be my safety manager? And I said, that seems like a good idea. And then from there, I started really getting into safety and safety training. I've always had a passion for performance. And my father was a teacher. So it kind of came natural to me to start training people and, and running training sessions. And eventually that led to people asking if I could come and give keynote presentations. And at the first time somebody asked me to do that, I didn't even know what a keynote was. I just said yes and, and figured it out from there. And that has led to a, a very wonderful career for me speaking worldwide and uh, training people how to be more confident uh, public speaking. So it's been this really interesting story arc and, and journey from child actor to paid speaker and author. And uh, every step in between has been necessary and important for that uh, development and growth. Fantastic. You know, and thinking about it, and we had talked a little bit before the podcast in preparation last week, and one word that came out 
between the both of us was networking. And when you listen to all what you're talking about, uh, I really wanted to, we haven't really done a podcast on just networking. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to do it like that. Tell us a little about networking, because that's what I've done my whole career. But I want my guests to tell me their experiences and how networking applies to everything that you've done in your career. Well, so as you mentioned, networking is really one of the key pillars to success. And I have found that a lot of people have networked wrong. I was very blessed to, in my speaking career, have spoke on stage with the late Bernie Dorman of CEO Space. And Bernie, oh man, he was a firecracker. He had a zeal and a passion for small business. He had a passion for life. Uh, He was a man who truly did live. And he said something to me once that I will never forget. He said, if you want to network better, it's less about me, more about thee and being myself. I can't be worried about what I need. I need to be more worried about what your needs are. And he showed me some really interesting philosophies around networking. And I've heard it said, I'm sure a million times, you're probably no stranger to the saying that your network is your net worth. But I don't think a lot of people fully understand what that is. Because I think when they think that they think if they have a large network, they have this large, diverse client base, right? The leads that they can draw from. And the reality is most of your network will never be paid customers to you. Your network is how you get referrals. Your network should also be where you give referrals. You should probably be giving more referrals than you're getting back in order to be effective with your network. Again, less about me, more about thee. And one of the things that I do every time I go to a networking event is I go in not with the idea that I'm looking for clients or I'm looking for business. I go in looking for strategic partners, people that I can align myself with, that I can help grow and who can help me grow as a business person. And that has given me an edge because I don't go in with that carpet bomb mentality with my business cards. You know, you get that people and they run around and, hey, this is what I do and I'm the perfect solution for you. I might, you know, do you eat? Because I'm in a restaurant. Everybody eats. You got to eat. This is my food. And that, you know, my product is for everyone. Your product is not for everyone. And I think people need to stop trying to be the solution provider to everyone and start trying to help be a solution provider. So asking, you know, any every time I'm networking, I say, hi, my name is Sean Tyler Foley. What do you do? How can I be of assistance? And it's that line, you know, because I may not, particularly in what I do, I train people to be better public speakers. And 77% of Americans claim to have a fear of public speaking, which means theoretically, three quarters of the room should be my ideal clients. But even though the fear of public speaking has a 10% reduction in your earning potential and reduces your ability to get a promotion by 15%, only 8% of the people out there who are listening to this right now, your audience, only 8% are going to do anything to try and gain professional help to be better public speakers. So I already know that if I go into a room of 50 people, only four people are going to be my ideal client. So that's my business business. But that leaves 45 other people who I can network with, who I can say, how can I be of service? What can I do for you? And if I have a large network of aligned business people, of people who I trust, who I know what their service is, when you say, yeah, right now, what I really need is a web designer. I go, oh, 
I have this great lady, Tracy. She does all of my web production. She does all my stuff. If you go, oh, I'm struggling. I'm overwhelmed. I can't even keep track of my calendar right now. I go, oh, I know Lindy over at Rock Solid Administration. She is an incredible VA and her team does good. And now I'm a solution. I'm a service provider to you without actually providing my service. And you remember that I was the solution provider. So when somebody comes to you and says, I've got this presentation next week and I am terrified to do it. I don't even know what to do. You're going to go, oh, I know this guy, Tyler. Sean Tyler Foley, he will get you sorted out. And now that is how you network more effectively. Quit trying to be the solution provider up front. Recognize that not everybody is going to be your ideal client and stand out from the crowd that way. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head because if you take that short-term vision that is this going to be an immediate client, that's not going to get you very far. If you help people out, it's going to come back to you, correct? And the other thing that I do when I go to networking events is almost always you're given a 30-second story. And I find that 95% of the people, when they're given their 30-second pitch time, waste it. Waste it on A, reintroducing themselves. It just saying, hi, my name is, is taking up five seconds of your 30 seconds. You got 30 seconds, make them count. And the other thing that they do is they run into the pitch, right? I am the service provider. Everybody needs it. Come and grab and, and, and I'll come talk to me because I need, you need this, you need this. And one of the things that I instruct in all of my training sessions, I talk about the hero journey model, right? Joseph Campbell studied it and what the hero journey is and what makes for myth and great storytelling. And a lot of people try to insert themselves as the hero, but they got to remember that we as human beings instinctively, we're centric, we're egocentric. So I'm more worried about me than I am about you. So if you want to effectively communicate to me, don't tell me that you're the hero, make me the hero. So usually what I do when I go to a networking events is I don't pitch the room. I start with the story. I go, particularly networking is an easy place for me to go because again, 77% of people probably are afraid of public speaking. So they find networking events uncomfortable. So I will go, who here hates coming to these things because they feel uncomfortable or they identify as being an introvert and they just generally don't like public speaking? And who hates having to come up with a pitch every time? Well, I struggle with the same thing, but over 35 years of public speaking experience, I've learned a really quick technique where you don't have to carpet bomb or feel uncomfortable. And in fact, your introvert side will be beneficial to you. So if you want to know how to network more effectively without having to get up and stand up and, and go rah, 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 look at me, come over to the back corner and you and I can have a quick conversation on how you can rock the next networking event that you go to. Instantly, I have like 30 people come over to chit chat with me in the corner. I haven't even said my name. I haven't done anything. And then I can introduce myself there and be like, yeah, no, my name's Sean Tyler Foley. And here's what I do. And what do you need? Like, what is your struggle? And I can actually have those discovery conversations with them without having to run around and being like, hi, my name is, hi, my name is, hi, my name is. And it's a, it's a great way of not only finding who the ideal people who I can be a service provider are to, but then it also lets me know who I don't need to pitch that to so that I can just go and genuinely, with genuine interest and open ears and an open heart, go and talk to the other people and ask them, what do you do? How can I be of service? And not doing it for any reason other than I genuinely want to know what they do, because now I know that I don't need to pitch them on what I do. And, and it creates strategic alliances in a magic, magic way. And if you, I listen to some of the other podcasts that you've done, and one of your themes is, and rightly so, your story matters because we all have a story, right? Everyone has a story to tell. So tell us a little bit more about that. 
Well, there's a power in story. Human society have been, and a civilization have been communicating through the power of story for thousands of years. And, you know, you got to think back, the literacy rates today didn't exist even 100 years ago, 200 years ago, for sure. The, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of the population could read. And so we have always communicated through story. And story has the ability to allow me to walk a mile in your shoes, right? We never judge a person until we've walked a mile in their shoes. And yet it's physically impossible because that saying is metaphorical. So how do I experience the world through your eyes? And the only way that I can do that is through your story. You have to tell me what you saw, how you felt, what experience you had and how it impacted you. And if you can do that, now I can sympathize and empathize with you. I can see your point of view. I can metaphorically walk that mile in your shoes. But the only way that I can do that is by you telling me your story. And when we can get vulnerable and we can open up and say, this is how I feel about a thing, that is when true communication starts to happen. And most people will say, oh, well, I don't have a story. And I want people to know that even myself, I fit in that category. I will come on these podcasts and I, I will extol the virtues of the clients that I work with. And I will say, you know, this client is helping women with loss and, and this one is helping people read and this, this one is helping people who struggle with mental health and look at the good that they're doing by being able to share their message. And everybody's like, well, you have a really good story too. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, my story isn't really all that. And then people will be like, but your father passed away at six. You had a stroke at 17 that paralyzed the left side of your body. You've been an actor for 35 years. You're a published author and a number one best-selling book. Like that's a story. And I go, oh, well, when you put it like that, it sounds kind of interesting. But to me, it's just, it's mundane. And I think what sometimes people need is to have someone else hold up that mirror and say, look at all the things that you have done, good and bad. These are things that have happened to you that you've overcome. These are things where you succeeded. Look at how beautiful your life is and look at all the lessons that you've learned in it. Look at the grace that had happened in it. And when they, when people do that and they're like, oh, well, yeah, look at that. You know, it's that old TV series. This is your life, right? This is your life. Look at all you've done. And when people realize that they have a story that their story matters. And when the beautiful thing about story, again, because it brings us together, when you share your story, it has this amazing ability to help other people who are struggling with the thing that you have overcome. And we have all overcome something. There isn't a single person on the planet who has had a life free of adversity. And when you explain how that event or whatever happened to you impacted you, you start to find community. And in community, you find healing yourself and better, you offer healing to the other people who maybe haven't gotten to that point yet. And that's where the true power of story is. And that's why everybody has one. You brought up the fact that you are a number one bestseller. Tell us about your book, Power to Speak Naked. I haven't read it yet. I'm going to check it out, but tell our audience what that's all about. Well, the Power to Speak Naked came about because I found myself answering the same questions over and over and over again. Initially, at the beginning, when I first started uh, really pursuing public speaking as a career, people would come to me at the end and be like, how do you do it? How do you do that? And what they would mean by that question is, how is it that I get up on stage? How can I present and be charismatic and love doing it? Because to them, it's such a foreign concept because they absolutely hate public speaking. So I started doing deep dives into, well, first of all, why is it that I do what I do? 
How is it that I can do what I do? And what was the common advice that I was giving people? And usually it boiled down to, you're not actually afraid of public speaking. And everybody would look at me and they'd be like, no, 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 I really am. You have no idea. I'm terrified of public speaking. And I'm like, when was the last time you were at a restaurant and ordered food? And they would say, oh, you know, last week. And I'm like, did you know your waiter? And they'd be like, no. And I'm like, and did you manage to order food effectively? And they were like, yeah. I'm like, so let me get this straight. You went to a public place, spoke out loud to a stranger and got something. And they're like, yeah. I'm like, congratulations, you public spoke. Were you terrified when you did that? And they're like, no. I'm like, see, so you're not afraid of public speaking. What you're afraid of is public judgment because you weren't worried that the waiter was going to judge you for ordering steak and eggs. But when you come out and you say something, you're worried that people are going to judge you for whatever reason. And usually that judgment is just made up dialogue in our heads. We, we don't actually feel this way. The reality is we're creating a false narrative. And I challenge people, anybody who's like, no, 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 no. If I said what was really on my mind, you have no idea. I would alienate people. And I'm like, okay, Maybe, but you would also find the people who resonate with your message. And anybody who doesn't believe me, I'm going to say one phrase. I'm going to say one phrase and every person who hears this, guaranteed, will have an instant reaction to what I'm about to say. Make America great again. Now, when I say that, everyone. We all have a reaction to that, right? Make America great again. I've actually taken that thing and done so many other things. Like I'll be out on the golf course and I'll, I'll hit a shot after I've hit five bad ones and go, I'm going to make golf great again. But see, everyone has a reaction to that, but not everybody has the same reaction to that, right? But that statement embodies saying what you want to say and finding your audience who resonates with your message and power to that alienating the people who don't want to hear your message. It is an instant divider, right? You either, when I said that, somebody out there went, yes! And somebody went out there and went, oh God. And I don't care which reaction you had. The fact is, is you had a reaction. And that is the power of coming out and just saying the thing that you need to say. Yes, there will be people who do not resonate with your message. But that's great because those are the people who you don't want to speak with. And there are people who are going to really resonate with your message. And that's great because those are the people you should be concentrating and focusing your time on. And then you don't waste effort on the people who don't. And I don't care which side of the fence you are on that statement. The fact is that statement had an impact on you right now. And that's why when you can step into your strength, step into your power and tell your story, it doesn't matter because A, you are the authority of your story. Nobody knows your story better than you. So it's your story. You get to tell it however you want. And when you can be confident in, in what you're saying, you're going to find the audience that needs to hear it. That's great. And uh, tell me about this total buy-in. So this buy-in includes everything, public speaking and writing. And tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so Total Buy-In is the parent company for all of my enterprises. From the safety consulting business, which thankfully for me, I've got an amazing team that keeps that ticking on its, on its own and I don't really have to do anything with it, to the speaker training. So we have various levels of speaker training. We have power of influence, drop the mic, power to speak naked, all of these various training things. And then I have affiliate partners for when I... Because I train people... my primary training is based on people who are just who are genuinely terrified to even stand up in a boardroom. I'm not really focused on the people who want to be the next Tony Robbins. Um, and in fact, I would never train anybody who claimed to want to be the next Tony Robbins. I'd want them to be the first them and not the next somebody else. Because at that point, you're just trying to mimic. But 
I focus on the people who are my ideal client is that 35 to 45 year old, 55 year old woman who has an incredible message. She's probably an entrepreneur or a charity director doing incredible social good or has a great, great product or message to get out there. If only she could overcome her fear of public speaking. And that those are the people I want to focus on because those are the people who they just need a nudge. They just need a little bit of help to get the confidence to go and say the thing that needs to be said. And then they can run off. Like that's how I make impact on the world. I'm just a pretty guy with a good voice who has been doing this for 35 years, right? Yeah, I have a bit of a story, but I don't really have a message beyond your message counts. But in allowing people to understand that their message matters, that their story matters, that it can have impact, and by training them how to tell it properly, that's when I start to have social good because that's my ripple. I'm the first stone in the pond, but then it ripples out because all of these people go out and do amazing things with their messaging, and that feels good to me. And so total buy-in, is that exact message, total buy-in. I want everybody to be bought into the messaging. And I use that from the safety consulting. So from a safety perspective, if you want to have a good safety culture, you need to have a good corporate culture. You need to know what your corporate values are, what, and those need to be aligned with the ownership of that company. And if there's a disconnect there, there isn't buy-in because there isn't total buy-in. And then we move on to the messaging with the safety training or with the, well, yes, with the safety training itself, you know, people need to, when they come and take training from me, they need to be bought into the reason they're doing it. It can't just be one thing that they need so they can check off a, a mark on their training matrix. And then when it comes to the speaker training, not only do they need to buy into the program and believe the things that I'm saying, but they ultimately need to believe the things that they're saying. They need to have buy-in into their message. They need to believe in their heart of hearts that what they're doing matters and, and their message matters. And it's the total buy-in brand and umbrella is entirely around making sure that there is complete belief in oneself and what they're doing. You know, but what's amazing to me in listening to all this is how you go from actor to safety consultant and then safety consultant to training public speakers. But it, it has that common thread, right? I mean, safety consultant, come in, you talk to people, you sell them on your program or communicate to them. And then I think that's the, the real message here, how you started with A, you went to B, acting, safety consultant, next thing you know, public speaker training, and then you're an author. So it, but it all weaves together. And I think that's an important message for our listeners today. By the way, you've been listening to Sean Tyler Foley with us today on smallbusinesshorsepower.com. But getting back to that, I think that's the key message, right? I mean, you might start with A, but you may end up at D, E, or F, and you don't know where that is. Yeah, honestly, I look back on, you know, my career, the plural, and I marvel at the grace in it all because I, again, I alluded to it at the beginning. I needed every one of those experiences to provide me the insight on the next step. And each one was crucial and critical so that I could fully understand how to do what it is that I do and how to have the impact that I have. And I love my story, right? You start out on stage at six years old and you go through and you do this career of performance, which is just fun. And I circle back now 35 years later and I'm basically doing the same thing. The only difference is, is now I write my own script. 
And that's incredibly freeing too. But if it weren't for everything else, I wouldn't have gotten to this point. If I hadn't have gotten into the safety aspect of it, I wouldn't have had a real drive and a want to serve. And then I wouldn't have been introduced to this whole concept of keynote presentations and being, being actually paid to come and present an idea to an auditorium. And now I have this ability because I was really good as an instructor and because I am really good at public speaking, now I can pass on the knowledge and the, and the tricks uh, that I have learned. And the nice thing is, is, you know, I'm not the only one. I've worked with Les Brown on stage and Les, oh, you want to talk about a man with a gift for telling stories. Les Brown is a genius and inspirational and motivational. And he has this loving ability to impart knowledge in a way that inspires me every time I get to work with him. And so I'm not the only person on the planet who does this. In fact, I bet you if you Googled speaker trainer, you would (laughs) probably get 10,000 hits before uh, you could even stop scrolling. But what I like about the way that I do it is that the people that I work with resonate with the way that I do it. And I think that's true for anybody. You may not be the only person doing the job that you do, but you're probably the only person on the planet who does it your way. And there are going to be people who look at you and admire you for the way that you do that. And if you can pass that knowledge on to them and, and give them some insight into the way that you do it, um, that has impact and meaning and, and power. Well, let's go back to the beginning. I mean, one of the first things listening to you that you mentioned was that you had a company that failed. But did it really fail? Because, yeah, it failed in the sense that it went out of business or whatever happened to it. But that's how that safety part of the business was launched. So you took a thread out of a failing business, took that, got the safety business going. And from that, here we are author, public speaker, trainer. So that's important for small business horsepower, right? For listeners who started a small business and are worrying about it failing because, yeah, that business might fail, but you don't know what's going to come out of that, do you? No, and it's true. There's, uh, again, I, I will say it over and over and over again. It's probably my biggest through line that there is grace in everything. And yes, the business collapsed and there were multiple factors into that first one. First of all, I was playing with technology that was about 10 years ahead of its time. I was convinced that interior mobile mapping was the wave of the future, but I was convinced of that in 2010 when the acronym BIM or building infrastructure management was just starting and there was just starting to be 3D software that could translate some of this information. And I was trying to offer a product that at the time nobody wanted. I could see all of the possibilities of it. And I knew that it was this great and wonderful thing, but I had a very hard time communicating <laughs> that information to potential clients. And, and because it was early adaptation, uh, it was not cheap. And the price tag that we needed to charge for those services was uh, incredibly high. So there was a barrier to entry on a lot of different ways. And now I laugh every time I see a Google ad come across my screen for you know, people getting these mobile kits where they can go in and and help out realtors do 3D virtual tours, and they can do the full 3D mapping with the pictures and the walkthrough. And the whole kit is like 10 grand. When I first put together my first mobile interior cart, first of all, I had to get military clearance for the IMU that was in it because it was the same device that they used to guide SCUD missiles. So I had to get top secret clearance and sign a whole bunch of, of papers so that we could have this inside the cart. And the cart cost almost $5 million. 
And that's on top of the fleet of planes that we were operating. We had three planes with LIDAR and big Leica cameras. And, and I think we had over $20 million in equipment running a company that was only turning maybe a half a million to three quarter of a million dollars profit income each year. Well, that's not even profit. That was just revenue coming in. Profit margin on that was probably 10 or 15%. So the numbers didn't add up. But I needed to learn that because now I know that those numbers don't add up. When you have capital expenses that are 10 times your annual revenue, which is 10 times your net profit, that that is a 100-year business before it ever breaks even. You are not going to make money. And I needed, I needed that lesson. I also needed the, the lesson of you know, just some of the, you know, choosing the right people to surround yourself with. I was blessed that I had a great team. I had a great team who had bought into the vision. And it broke my heart when I couldn't continue that, that operation. And, and so I've used that going forward with my new business that I surround myself with people who are who share the vision, who understand what the end goal is, and who can let me know when I'm biting off more than I can chew. And now I run a very, 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 very lean business. In fact, we didn't even have a corporate credit card for uh, up until two years ago. So for the first four years of the business, I refused to do anything on credit because I didn't want to have, I didn't ever want to spend money that I didn't have. But now that we travel a lot more, uh, it was getting very difficult to pay for things with Visa debits. So now we do actually have the corporate credit card and, and run it that way. But it, you know, a lot of lessons that I learned. Well, we've run out of time today, but I really want to thank Sean Tyler Foley for coming on the uh, program today on Small Business Horsepower. It was a fantastic half hour. I don't know how it goes so fast. Sean, thank you so much for coming on today for our listeners on Small Business Horsepower. And we hope that you'd come back and uh, visit with us again in the future. Oh, it'd be my pleasure and honor to ask me anytime, as long as I'm able to serve your audience, I'm happy to do it. Thank you so much. 